I confess, I worry my chiropractor knows how I throw my neck out of alignment so often. But I can't bring myself to ask if there's a way to give head that's easier on the cervical vertebrae. Oh, sweet Jesus. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. Welcome to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. As we have mentioned in previous episodes, Bedpost Confessions features American Sign Language or ASL interpreters for the deaf. The interpreters began working with us so that the show would be more inclusive, and what began as a desire for accessibility quickly turned into entertainment for all. It wasn't long before performers and interpreters began riffing off one another. After all, who doesn't want to learn how to sign dirty words and phrases? In the podcast, you can often hear a performer reference the interpreter's work with a yeah, like that, as they sign a sex position or maybe a well-endowed body part. And sometimes if you hear a pause in the performer's words as the audience laughs and you as the podcast listener think, what the performer said wasn't that funny. It is because the ASL version of the story is off the hook, and all eyes are on those hands that are crafting the story as well. All of this as a way to introduce the performer of this podcast. In December 2014, the regular setup of a performer's words being interpreted in ASL was flipped and reversed as Bedpost Confessions welcomed our first deaf performer to the stage. Dr. Paul K. Schreeman shared his story on stage in ASL, and Austin Audie Andrews provided voice interpretation. So without further ado, here is Paul K. Schreeman sharing his story of celibacy as interpreted by Austin. Celibacy. Celibacy. The mere mention of celibacy conjures up Legs tightly woven, blue balls exploding under pressure from sperm. Society truly is oppressive when it comes to sexuality. And this sexual deprivation leads to sexual depravity. Now, would I recommend celibacy? Eh, A funny thing happened on the way to celibacy for me. tell you my story. I moved to Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. What a great fucking place, right? Now, I've been all over the place. I'm a, I'm a travel whore. And I have been, I have to say, this is the best place I've ever been. Barton Springs. Barton Springs. Not only is a nippleicious experience, on top of that, you've got topless women jumping in and bearing their nipples just like me. And I, I love it. I love it. Now, you may wonder why I moved to Austin. And I was at a uh, point of change in my life. In 2012, I graduated with my PhD. And yes, yes, and promptly, nothing happened. (laughs) 2013, nothing happened. And 2014. So, you know how country music oftentimes actually reflected my life. I lost my girlfriend, I lost my car, I lost my family. 
And so it's only appropriate that I end up in Texas. <clears throat> now, since 2012 to 2014, really, I, I did a lot of traveling. I visited many different places. I even stayed at a Shaolin monk temple where they practiced kung fu in the mountains, in the Catskills Mountains in New York. I tell you, these are badass, hardcore motherfuckers. They train hard. They party hard. I also stayed at a Sufi community. It was near the Berkshire Mountains. Uh, and I was able to uh, take some polar plunges. That's when you really actually plunge into an ice lake. I also traveled all the way from California to New York, seeing many different things. And during that time, I had a lot of time to introspect. I realized that I wanted to try out a poly relationship, open relationships. I wanted to open up my intimate parts to the world. I wanted to experience it in different ways. I wanted to eat everything up. <laughs> so, Austin. There's the Austin Zen Center, and based on my experience with uh, in, my, in my life, I thought, why don't I stay there for a little while? They have um, a temporary resident policy, which actually explicitly says that you can't start any sexual relationships while you're there. And I thought, well, that's appropriate. You don't want this place to become a brothel, <laughs> right? Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. However, what's fucked up, well, is that holy fucking is awesome. I've fucked in Zen places. I was at a Sufi three-day retreat. While people were still meditating outside, I was rocking the casbah with my little woman. She was going home, 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 oh my God. It was great. You cannot beat a holy fuck. However, here I am in the Austin Zen Center. And I had to put that on hold. And the contract specifically said, please do not initiate any new sexual relationships. I just moved here from, you know, the north. I didn't have, know anybody in the area. I had no fuck buddies. I had no exes in Texas. So what's a man to do in this situation? A couple of weeks pass, and I turn to my friendly sidekick, the hand. But the problem is that next door, there's a monk. Now... He's a cute young fellow, sure. But I'm not into cute young fellows. I love pussy. I love to eat it. I love it on me. And as I'm thinking, as I've got my dick in my hand, I'm thinking about the monk next door, and I just can't. I can't, can't, can't do it. So I had to be truly and fully celibate. I mean, really celibate. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all in the truest sense of the word. And that's the situation I found myself in. But weeks passed, and I got involved with different communities. Now, three weeks became four, which became more, and I asked if I could stay a little bit longer, and they said it was no problem. At six weeks, they gave me something called a permanent residency application. And I thought, Absolutely. This is a great place. I feel such peace here, warmth, comfort. I'm able to meditate here. Absolutely. I signed up, handed it in, and thought promptly, did I just sign up for a lifetime of celibacy? <laughs> oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck me. Hell no. I love fucking. As I mentioned, I love vaginas all over me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I thought, though, my life at that point was a hot mess. I need to get it all together, put that shit on pause, for now, for temporary, until I got things together. So I remained celibate. So that was in April of this past year. I'm going to cover a time period from April to August. During that time period, I got involved with everything. I was able to get involved with the BDSM community here. I love you people, BDSM. I also was able to join a few cuddle parties. I was able to watch uh, burlesque shows. I even dove into Hippie Hollow with me and my little friend. Right? It was a great experience. However, nothing below the waist happened. Right? Mm. (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you a little story that happened promptly after I became celibate. I went into a dance club with a friend of mine, a pal, this guy, and this cute girl comes up to me and starts gesturing, I want to suck your cock. And I said, no, that's that's cool, it's it's all right. So I proceeded, and my friend slaps me and says, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I'm like, what? He says, this woman comes up to you and says she wants to suck your fucking cock. And I'm like, I'm not in the mood. I'm like, Why? I'm celibate. What the fuck is that? What does that mean? He just thought of some religious shit, and that's my life. So at the, at, while I was celibate, I actually saw more vagina and naked people while I was celibate. How fucked up is that? So anyway, not only was I fucked for not being fucked... I found out that not being fucked was a blessing in disguise because I couldn't get laid. I couldn't fuck. This changed everything. When I went out to do things, I didn't give a shit about what people thought of me. I could act the fool. I could fuck up. It didn't matter. Yeah. So during that time, I was able to watch people in various sexual activities. I saw people live fucking right in front of me. It was great. I didn't get involved. And I noticed that There's a big secret. There's a big secret perhaps you're aware of. Men have something, I don't know if you call this x-ray vision, but they can't see clothes. I can't see clothes. (laughs) Men can't see clothes. When I became celibate, this this x-ray vision melted away, and I started to notice that women actually had clothes on. I was like, oh, well, what she's wearing is quite adorable. And it actually accentuated her figure, right? It accentuated, which, and this was a very attractive thing to me. I thought, you know, Coco Chanel once said that a woman is never more naked than when she is well-dressed. And that is true. I didn't realize that until I became celibate. Huh. Now, with every morning, the sun rose, and so did my morning wood. This was a problem during celibacy. And what I would do is not masturbate until I let the silver magic float. No. I would get up. I would live with the throbbing of my cock. I would push through it, release it, and go and do something else. Not release it as in masturbate, just let it go. And it worked. It actually worked. I didn't expect that. Now, August 23rd was a a milestone for me. I had some pretty impressive news. You might be wondering what it might be. Let's go to the day before that, though, August 22nd. I was hanging out with some friends, drinking some tea, 
at a local coffee house, and uh, along comes, boom, this waitress with her luscious curves, her Jessica Rabbit-esque figure, and she's just right in front of me. Oh, my God. Just her bust. And then she walks away with her and we're just watching her. And that night, that stuck with me. Now, I don't remember what happened, but I got in bed, and I apparently had a dream regarding her. And I woke up in the morning, not in puddles. No, no, no. I was fucking slimed. Now, that's not, that's not the remarkable thing. That was my first wet dream. Now, you may be thinking, bullshit. I shit you not. Ever since I was a teenager... Right? Uh, I never had a wet dream. Because since the moment I sprouted my first pube, I was whacking that shit to mm, let it go, let it go. That was my first wet dream. My body was doing something that I didn't appreciate. My subconscious was off having a great time while I was dreaming with this girl while my consciousness had no idea about it. Not cool. Not cool. The government has this policy, no child left behind. Right? What the fuck? No man left behind. My subconscious is going off to fuck this gorgeous woman and I don't get to benefit from that? Come back here. My subconsciousness and I need to talk. And that's something I didn't realize with celibacy. It's not, not acceptable for this to happen. Anyway, after that happened, I felt this odd change, like some virginity was broken. Did I break my celibacy? Was I no longer truly celibate? I thought maybe I'd just experiment a little. Do a little master. Three seconds. Three seconds. You know Californication, right? The Charlie Runkle, right? He's like the three-second king. That was me. Three seconds. Best time of my life. Thank you, celibacy. Now, after that, you know, you break the, you break the seal and you, you can't really go back. So I had that little, uh, that little re- rediscovering of myself, like the first time you ever did that. Yeah. So then friends would come up to me and ask me, hey, so uh, <clears throat> so you, you still celibate? To which I'd reply, I'm not celibate, but I am masturbate. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, I just had my first threesome. <laughs> Celibacy. Dr. Paul K. Schreeman got a PhD about small stuff, nanotechnology, and ended up with nothing. So he has been sitting with nothing as a resident at the Austin Zen Center. Until recently, he had no idea what it meant to be celibate. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of MiaOnTop.com, Julie Gillis of JulieGillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of That's What Sadie Said.com. And we are managed by Sarah Henry of O. Henry Events. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin of Innuendo Studios.
You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, my ex-wife and I had crazy sex in the back of my company car during a traffic jam. There was a semi-overturned in front of us. And we had an appreciative audience on both sides of the car. Apparently, they were as bored as we were. That's called making the best use of your time. I confess, when I was 11, I found a photo of my mother topless. Two men were sucking on her nipples. Neither of them were my father. I still don't know who took the picture. (laughs) 